Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to Tin Street Hooligans. I am your host, Johnny Slivers, subbing in for Captain Dunning, who's away on assignment. Uh, today, we are joined by... Oh, Volley, there's the... Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the live show. Okay. <laughs> what do we, what happened? There it is. We got, we're, we're not even 30 seconds in. The wheels are falling off. So like I was, <laughs> like I was kind of saying, you know, that scene from Batman where he's like, where do they get all those wonderful toys? But when they went to edit, they like missed the very first part of that. That was today's intro. So welcome once again to Tin Street Wilkins. <laughs> I'm your host, Johnny Slivers. Thank you for joining us. Uh, today we got a bunch of stuff to unpack from news that's happened in the last week or so, and uh, we're going to get into it. But first, a word from our sponsor, Cardsphere.com. These are the ones sponsoring the channel, and that's where you go when you want to take care of any sales trades and whatnot, online purchases of your paper part, paper, pe -pe 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 paper, cardboard, collectible, match the gathering needs. And I thought I was, yep, I was right. So this is going to be an awesome show. So cardsphere.com, they're sponsoring this channel and giving us the support to, to do what we do. And uh, if you have any trades and purchases you want to make for your paper magic gathering needs, you go to cardsphere.com. Also, we are going to be doing a spotlight on a mental health charity. I think we are wheeling back around to one that we've spotlighted in the past. So we're going to spotlight them this month again. Uh, go to the share. All right. <laughs> Wait for it. There it is. It is the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, founded in 1987. Uh, they do they do grant award they award grants for breakthroughs in scientific research for mental health awareness and behavior research. So, if you would like to take some of that money you put into your magic cards and throw it to a reasonable, good, uh, very good foundation, uh, this is one to go for. Go for the donate now and make your donations there for the month of. May. All right. So let's get back to our guests. Joining us from London. London? The London time zone, at least. I was going to say London time zone, yeah. <laughs> close, close enough. England. Uh, England from, from, from it's the same it's the same thing to most Americans, right? So yeah, yeah. it's all the it's all the and you know what? No, no, I know there's different places within, and I can handle that. So it's at, on known on uh, the internet as Jungle Fiber, Max from England. Please tell us about yourself. What do you do, and and what time is it in England? Hello, everyone. It's uh, it's half past one in the morning. Um, so I had a nap. Oh it's, it's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do I do? I I basically do uh, modern stuff on the internet on MTGO. So uh, yeah, mostly janky stuff. Um, bit of Commander as well. You know, uh, I'm Jungle Fiverr pretty much everywhere. So if you want to find me, that's where I'll be. All right. And a return guest from uh, Tin Street Hooligans past, Jason Stoops. What's up, Ooh. everybody? Um, I, I don't know what to even say about me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm now on Undying MTG with Eric. And I do arena gameplay videos now, and I do deck techs and stuff. I'm looking to expand. We're kind of like doing an Avengers thing, bringing a bunch of people in, do some cool things. So that's where you can find me at on YouTube on Undying MTG. All Otherwise, right. Twitter and everything else is T2TKS. Because he loved that Eldrazi winter, didn't he? <laughs> I did. 
<laughs> All right. And uh, of course, as always, coach from the Card Bazaar, say hey. Uh, I'm still here. I don't know how they have not fired me yet. <laughs> still here. Still, still haven't died. So you can't still. get rid of me just yet. <laughs> He's dug in. He's dug yeah, in deep. I'm, I'm stuck here. Okay. Just get rid of me already. <laughs> and as uh, as always, I'm I've been I'm I'm they're stuck with me too. So I'm not oh, going to say I'm John Dunning. I'm John no, you see, <laughs> I was thinking about like dressing up, maybe getting figuring doing a beard thing. I just just didn't have the time. I can't I just can't make that level of commitment. <laughs> what can I say? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, as opposed to last week, we're actually going to talk about our drinks before we're 10 minutes in. So, um, today uh, let's go right back to Max. Max, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I'll be drinking a uh, brew dog IPA, uh, from, uh, Scotland. It's very good and strong. So <laughs> good and strong two like primary criteria. Jason, how about you? What you got in the cup? Uh, Pepsi. <laughs> I, uh, I I totally forgot to go get a beverage today, so uh, all I have is what it was in the house, and that's just Pepsi or Mountain Dew Code Red. So I chose Pepsi. Good, you chose life. Well I mean, done. That, that that doesn't that's not a problem. Coach, how about no, you? It's not. <laughs> whatever's whatever's in the mystery cup. Miss, oh, so he's running mystery cup today. <laughs> running well, mystery cup today, and also brought to you by. Airheads, cherry airheads, because I just decided to buy thirty-six of them, and I'm on number number nine, I think, today, boys. So, uh, yeah, oh. how to get diabetes in ten days or three, if you're me? <laughs> we'll do it in ten minutes. We'll do it in ten minutes. Uh, for me to, today, we're uh, I, I'm also bringing in some Ardbeg from Scotland, um, from the island of Isla. So it's th this stuff drinks kind of like a campfire. Ah, there we go. And this is where the rest of the wheels fall off. All right. So, oh, disclaimer. Well, we uh, we do not condone irresponsible drinking because that apparently bothers people on Reddit. Nope. Uh, please, by all means, as speaking for 10 Street Hooligans, drink responsibly. Thank you. So let's get into this. Let's start talking about what's going down. Uh, it, not this past weekend, the weekend before. Now that things have had a chance, people have had a chance to talk about it and it's settled in. Mm, sorry. I can't, I can't say MF London with, I can't say MF anything without <laughs> laughing because I just, it's, it's just Sam Jackson in my head. So <laughs> Mag Magic Fest London happened uh, the weekend before this past weekend, and Jungle Fiverr, Max, you you were there, so we want to hear a little bit about that. So tell tell us about your experience. So I was there for uh, the best part of two and a half days, so uh, most of Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it, it, the entire atmosphere was really great. Like um, it's it's probably one of the best ones I've been to. So I've I've, I've been to like. Uh, I think it was the Kaladesh uh, GP London, uh, which was possibly like last year or, or maybe two years ago now, um, which was which was good, but it didn't have the same sort of like vibe as uh, as the War of the Spark. Like everyone was just like, there's so many people. It was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, in general, it was it was pretty good. Um, there was lots of space available, so people could um, like play with friends. So uh, most of the time, I spent. 
playing commander games with people. Um, we played, uh, you know, I, I met up with a bunch of content creators, which is really good. Um, lots of side events, which is which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, in in general, I think it's probably one of the best GPs uh, that I've been to. I can't say GP. One of the best Magic Fests um, that uh, I've been to. I, I, I've not been to any of them in the UK yet, so you know, hands up. It's uh, you know, it might might be different, but in general, yeah, it, it was it was such a good vibe. I think everyone really enjoyed it as well. So. Uh, are you feeling like that was a, a big reason was for that was because the hype around this particular set, or do you think like this event was handled in such a way that it really lended itself to say that the previous GP that I, I will say GP, I'm not afraid. So, <laughs> but like the previous, the previous GP that was Kaladesh, like, do you feel like it was the set that made the difference? Do you really think like the way it, the event was handled made the difference? I think it's the, more the, the way the event was handled, mostly because obviously it was a uh, pre-release um, magic fest, um, which was weird. Um, that, that, I think that's one of the negative points of it. Um, scheduling it on the same weekend as the pre-release was just, um, I think it was a real mistake. It, it essentially, like, if you wanted to play with the new War of the Spark stuff, then you had to, um, you know, you, you had to pay £70 uh, for, for the flight, uh, to take part in the flight. Or if you wanted to take part in, like, the Mythic Championship qualifier, I think that was, like, £50, which is, like, way, way more than a standard um, pre-release. And you know, for for me, I don't want to be playing at competitive rel to uh, to to take part in the new set. So I think that was really bad. And the, uh, the side events, there were no war side events either. So all of the side events were like chaos drafts or Ravnica Allegiance, which just felt really weird. Like why 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 are we at the War of the Spark uh, Magic Fest London when actually we can't take part in War of the Spark? Like uh, unless unless you're paying a stupid amount of money, you know. 70 pounds for six boosters and a play mat and, and whatever. It just felt really bad. So um, yeah, I, I think more people were, were more hyped about, um, you know, the set in general. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, 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 it was bizarre that they wouldn't, they weren't doing that. I mean, like you could go and buy singles from uh, any traders. Like they, they were, the traders were selling singles pretty much as soon as the main flights were over on like the Friday and the Saturday. So you, if you wanted card, you could go buy them. If you wanted to um, to take your tickets, you could go and trade them for a complete. I think they were they were doing a complete mythic edition um, of, of War of the Spark that you could actually um, go and trade your tickets for. It's like you know stupid amount of tickets on the prize wall, but you couldn't buy a box. Like you know, it just it just it, it was crazy. Like you know, I want to play with the new cards. I wanted to I wanted to go to Magic Fest and I really wanted to play with the new cards. Um, I mean, I, I spoke to a couple of people when I was there. I, I think it was like um, Zine I spoke to, and we basically we were thinking. Well, I think what happened was Wizards went. Well, we need to have a pre-release. We've already booked this in with Channel Fireball. Well, you know, well we'll do it a week earlier. Oh, we can't have the event a week earlier. We can't have the pre-release a week earlier. We can't bump the pre-release up because it's Easter. So it, the scheduling, so something just went wrong in the scheduling. That, that's yeah. what I, I personally feel. Like they, 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 they tried to make the best of it. They've gone, um, you know, we, we've got a pre-release on the same weekend as the the GP. Let's make, we've got to try and make the best of this situation. So we're going to, uh, you know, hype it up marketing wise. We're going to go, 
yeah, it's the first ever GP pre-release, you know, or Magic Fest pre-release. You know, we're, we're trying something new. Um, but they're not, because they <laughs> did this with the first, they did this with Vegas and the master sets. The first two master sets they had released, that was the release weekend in Vegas. And this right. is, this is, it's not like they're hatching a new plan here. It just seemed like, okay, so it kind of seems like a fun. Now, when they were marketing, were you under the impression like it was going to be War of the Spark everywhere kind of thing? I was hoping. I really was hoping. Like, um, I mean, I was going to go regardless because um, I mean, I was never going to take part in the main flights. Um, that's just not kind of what I do. Um, I was more... I, I was there for, for more of the experience and, you know, a couple of side events. Don't want to be tied into spending... You know, upwards four or five hours. You know, I don't want to spend seventy pounds on six boosters and like drop after a couple of rounds and go. Well, you know, that's all my money gone now. I'd rather go and do two or three chaos drafts. So, but if if the option was there of doing like a War of the Spark, um, you know, War of the Spark draft, totally one hundred percent would have done that. Absolutely, you know, to get the new cards in your hand, you know, play play with you know just play with them. I think would be would be fantastic. So. Yeah, it, was, it, it really was just a bit weird. And so, and we were talking a little bit before the show, you said now the only place they were doing the actual London Mulligan was during the Mythic Championship qualifier and the Mythic Championship. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the Tannoys kept coming over. It's like, uh, yeah, um, just to announce to everyone, we're not doing the London Mulligan at London um, unless you're taking part in the Mythic Championship. You know, every, every side event, um, I think even um, a bunch of the scheduled uh, constructed events, like even the, even the constructed modern um, like events that they had that weren't the Mythic Championship, uh, weren't using the London Mulligan. So it was literally, they, they hyped it up as like, we're going to try a new Mulligan out at London. And then, you know, only the competitors in the Mythic Championship actually did that, which was weird. <laughs> That does because yeah, that does seem odd because just if you were casually observing the marketing from the from the sidelines, you were hearing about this new London Mulligan. They're going to try it at London, and it does seem funny that they wouldn't just kind of enact that with all the formats. Like the and the event for London was modern, correct? Yeah, the Mythic Championship was uh, was modern, definitely. But I mean, obviously, there was a whole ton of side events. So um, you know, I, I I met up with Pleasant Kenobi. They were doing like legacy um, legacy stuff. Um, that you know, there was scheduled legacy stuff. There was scheduled uh, constructed, I think, constructed standard. Um, but yeah, I think the Mythic Championship itself was modern, certainly. Now, well, since since then, uh, we were talking a little. You also mentioned something about Arena. Has now Arena has been doing this Mulligan online? Is that right? Uh, I was going to say, I think Magic Online's been doing Magic Online. Mulligan. All right, yeah, Magic Online's been doing the, the London Mulligan. Um, which I, I think in general, that's, I, for me personally, I felt like it's been a vast improvement. I don't know how anyone else is, uh, anyone else feels about it. But um, for me personally, I think like the feel goods about your hand are so much better when you're playing, you know, I, I, I typically play crappy, janky decks, right? So, uh, you know, I, I look at a hand of six, uh, seven cards and go, oh, do I have to ship this? Do I have to go down to six? Like what's going on here? Um, and then with the London Mulligan, obviously you get to, you get to select your hand and it's like, for me, that's, that's like, wow, okay. I can pick the piece that I want, but for, you know, the more spikier players, it feels, I think in general that people are thinking this is not, you know, th there's too much power here for the, for the combo decks. 
right? So if, if you have a combo that is too strong and you're just trying to find all the little combo bits, then you know it's too it's swayed too far back in that sort of being able to tutor what you need to your hand. Um, See, if they only had brought back Twin, maybe this mulligan would never have happened. <laughs> Unban everything. So why don't we, since we're talking modern, Jason, let's get over to you and talk about, have you had a chance to, have you encountered this this new mulligan online in any capacity? Uh, no, I haven't, because I, I don't play MTGO at the moment. Um, basically, my thoughts on the, the mulligan rule, just it basically, just from what I've seen uh, with decks, Currently in modern, since they, they stopped doing the London Mulligan on modern like last week, so it was only on for a little bit. Um, a lot of people were talking about the new Neoform deck with the the Grizzlebrand Allosaurus Rider combo. People were talking about that being busted with the London Mulligan rule, and it is. You can enable a turn one kill with it, um, but. Even after the London Mulligan like left Magic Online, that deck is still putting up results. So like, okay. not be not being able to play it, I, I feel like me personally, I think the London Mulligan rule is better in in most aspects, and I think sure it's going to enable some combos, but also something that a lot of people haven't touched on. It kind of allows you to brew some things too. I think it kind of opens up doors to new possibilities in modern. Like I was, I was trying to look into uh, some kind of like, um, some kind of like artifact-based combo decks with uh, uh, what's that? What's the card from Dark Steel? Dark Steel. Um, it, it costs two blue and X. You sacrifice an artifact to go search for an artifact from your deck. God, I can't think of what it's called. Wait, is that that's not fabricate? Fabricate that's, is just a fixed cast. No, no, it's not fabricate. No, no, it's a rare from Dark Steel. Rare from but Dark was, Steel. Maybe chat will come through yeah. in the next few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever it is, I was I was trying to do some, some kind of like cool combo things with that. It, it would be like it's it's really janky, but it's I think it's enabled better with the London Mulligan rule. So I think the London Mulligan rule can really open up some like brewing possibilities in modern. So basically, giving giving some legs to the actual jank brews, and then making some of these. So it might put some other might put some other combo decks over the top. So we might see some bannings if they do actually enact this. And it sounds like I, the right. impression I get from the chatter online is like if they went to the trouble of actually testing this out in London, they're probably going to make the move much like they did with Vancouver, like Vancouver, they tested it and then it was released to the public not long after. So, you know, maybe we're going to see that. I, I, my impressions, I haven't had a chance to actually try London Mulligan myself, but I think I, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And if somebody's going to go full ham on combo, you know, you, yeah, they get to the jump on you on turn one. So if your meta is pretty dialed in, there's good chance that someone's going to have hate for that in game two. So I, I'm a little less concerned about that especially if they know that there's like a key piece that needs to be knocked out. I'm, I'm less concerned, but then I'm speaking as a casual player. I play EDH, so I can't really speak with any authority on that. I think one of the, one of the things we need to say is like, obviously in the mythic championship, they were ready. We, we got a bunch of really spiky players playing modern decks. Like if, if they'd have made a deck that was going to abuse the rule, then they would have done it. Like that's just what the pros do. They, they come and find whatever avenue they can to try and get, 
whatever edge they can. And we were seeing like really normal decks like Tron and humans, right, at, at Mythic Championship. So, you know, perhaps it's made Tron better. God, God help us all. But... <laughs> you bite your tongue, mister. There are people no, out I, there I, who I get really salty Tron. about that. Tron. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people hate Tron. It's, lots of people hate mm -hmm. Twin. Come, I, You know what? I'm... That's fun. I enjoy the banter just watching that stuff go down online. It's like it's almost like watching the debates over pineapple on pizza. Very true. Was that ever settled? I don't care. No. <laughs> It'll never be settled. So, so let's see. We're we're gonna go some uh well, Coach, you were away. Have you had any chance to interact with this new mulligan? Have you seen it in or have you had time like or between no, track? I haven't meets? had time. I've just been I'm just been trying to work on the greatest piece of history for Magic the Gathering ever. So actually, it's actually, I'm actually, uh, I'm almost like I was telling in the chat, I'm almost done with the Dominarian timeline. <laughs> so hopefully, Friday or Sunday, y'all could like post it on Reddit, share it a whole bunch, maybe get some of the big content creators involved. It's like a 47 minute video of uh, my special voice. Going over the story of Dominaria, that's what I've been working on the past three or four weeks. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I haven't really had a chance to do, like, I've seen the whole Mythic Edition box stuff, like, going from, like, $250, like, 12,000 people trying to get it, and then, like, eBay had to, like, refund a whole bunch of people because they oversold, and then, like, people are reselling it for, like, six, seven, eight hundred dollars Like, I'm seeing that, but I haven't been able to play with, like, other stuff like I played a little bit of arena with like the war of spark cards, but maybe about like three, four games. Like that's really it. Everything else I'm devoting to you guys and trying to piece together the freaking story of Dominaria because it's all over the place. Like, and I'm probably going to do a terrible job. And maybe the only thing that recovers it is my narration voice, which is questionable at best. So yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that for you guys. So I haven't had time to work on the future and present stuff because I'm working on the past. My mind's always in the past. <laughs> I'm like Brand Stark. I'm like I'm always living in the past. That's, <laughs> good so that's what I've been doing. If you haven't, if, if you if you don't know me by now, so in case you were wondering, just in case, in case. you were wondering. <laughs> so I guess the what the one I guess the one last question I really want to get about UK the UK with the 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 London event was, and now Max, I, I understand like you're not necessarily really close to any LGS is where you live, but yeah. did you have any opportunity to get feedback from anyone about the locals? How did the local game stores fare? Was, does this really like blow a hole in the revenue stream for the local game stores? I wouldn't say so. So, I mean, when I, I talked to my local game store and they were like, uh magic fest london didn't affect us at all in fact um war of the spark was just better in general because it was a better set than ravnica allegiance way more hyped obviously um mm -hmm. than, than ravnica allegiance and so they, they the the uh, attendance at the pre-release was was amazing um from what i've been hearing um i spoke to a, a couple of friends um they they were thinking that um the friday i think there was a friday 3 p.m um pre-release that you could go to i think i think they basically uh, wizards gave um people in the uk possibly I, it might just be everywhere but i think it was people in the uk they that you got a special 3 p.m pre-release um to sort of make up for the fact that we were completely screwing over your weekend uh, with the magic fest london um and so 
my understanding is that that's actually being rolled out globally now. Um, I can confirm, actually. I got word from my local on Facebook. They put in an announcement starting with the next core set where they will be allowed to yeah. do Friday releases prior to midnight. Thank God. Because <laughs> honest to God, like this is kind of a little segue into my own banter and rant about this. It, they, there's so much money left on the table by not allowing a game store to start one at 6 p.m. even. Yeah. Just, there's like, speaking from my own experience, weekends are either work or family time. So I really don't have time to go. I went to a midnight one this last one just because it happened to work out. And it's exhausting. It's you know, old it's people like me can't do that. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a family too, and like, um, if I went to a midnight pre-release, I I, mean, I have I've been to midnight pre-releases at my local game store, like local, um, starting at midnight, finishing at five a.m. Like it's light by the time I'm driving home, and then I've got to go to bed, and then the kids wake up, you know, an hour later. It's just, uh, you know, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no hope there. So. When you're when you got family, that's that's a bear. Now, how about let's talk to Jason and Coach here. Now, how do you guys feel about this idea that we can now do pre-releases at a reasonable hour on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening? More people are coming out. That's that's how I see it. Because who's who the hell is going to wait till twelve o'clock to go play a freaking pre-release? Like seriously, like I I can't do that. There's no way. It's the potato. <laughs> well, it's just like like if I try if I try that during football season because Saturdays is when we like watch film and stuff. So like if if I even get somewhat successful, it's gonna be like three o'clock before the pre-release is even close to being done. And then it's like, oh yeah, we got work Saturdays. Woo, doo. <laughs> but yeah, so now if it gets pushed back, that's gonna be awesome. That means I might be able to play during football season. Mm-hmm. Jason, like how about idea. how about you? What how do you feel about that that one little tweak where they can actually get you a pre-release before midnight? I love it because as you guys put, you know, we're talking about the family thing. I I have kids. I've you know, um, it it sucks to like get home at like six a.m. and your son's like jumping on you because he's already awake. Like you don't get any sleep. So like I I love it. Uh, being able to play earlier is great. It's going to bring in more money for the LGSs, and it's just overall, just more people are going to be able to come and have fun. So I oh, think yeah. it's a great idea. Yeah, I think just in general, I think I, I know Wizards is really slow and lumbering to make changes on a lot of things, but when they get it right, it it is worth noting. And this is one of those moments where Wizards definitely got it right. I'm, it's it's little, but it makes a huge difference for people like myself and many others. Where the, that's the like the one window of time on a Friday afternoon evening that a lot of people can actually hit that up, and the weekends already work for a whole bunch of other people. But truly, it, I think it will make a difference. Yeah. Now that's something they've done right, which is a great time to switch into something that didn't go so right. Uh, let's talk about the Mythic Edition <clears throat> again, and. Uh, Let's we this this went down over the weekend, and I I did a I did a little bit of research on this, watching a few different content creators and their takes on this, and this is what I got: Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast in five minutes, in five minutes, made nearly three million dollars. Just, just right. Seems good. Let's, right. let's just let's just kind of keep that. Let's keep that fact in mind when we're talking about the rest of this. Three million dollars. Five minutes. So that brings up the question: Do 
how do we feel about these sets? Do we feel like these sets are worth the scramble and the clawing at the internet keyboards to, to even get a hold of them? Do you, like for the price, the hassle, is this worth it? Jason, let's go to you. What do you, what do you think about that? How do you feel about what you saw and is, is the reward worth the hassle? Okay, so the way that they have it set up now, no, it's not worth the hassle, in my opinion. <laughs> they've had three Mythic Editions now, and each one have – they've been train wrecks, all of them. They don't print enough, for one. Uh, you see – you can look at what people were posting on Twitter to see, how, like, we – they only had, what, 12,000 boxes Believe available? So. That was it? Yeah, and I think it's 12,000. Two, two per account, so. Yeah, so there's, like – they sold – they were showing that they were selling upwards of like 40,000 boxes. So those people wanted those, but they didn't have those available. So you had like upwards of like 30, 30 plus thousand people that got, got their order canceled. And that's just a, a really big feel bad because people are spending like $500 on these things. And not only that, they don't get their money right back. They had to wait like five days before they even got their money back. That's crazy. So yeah. like, I, I don't think I, I didn't even try to get it. Uh, I didn't have the money for one. Well, I did, but I got my money tied up in other things. But like, I wouldn't even try. It's not worth it to me. I'm not a. I'm not really a collector. I know like investors and collectors really want them. Um, but I think ultimately this just helped the scalpers, the people that were just trying to buy them to flip them and and make a profit off of it. So yep. I don't think they're worth it. I do want to point out um, Trapixium in the chat uh, posted a really cool thing on Twitter asking people whether they would like the masterpieces or what they, they would like the, the mythic editions or masterpieces. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the majority of people said uh, they wanted the masterpieces. I think the masterpieces would be much better. They would, they have been proven successes that would boost your regular seal product sales up and you wouldn't have to cover up the mistake that you made yeah it's for, for me it's um so we you start out like the, the question of like masterpieces versus uh the, the mythic edition so you know as like you're saying masterpieces just smooth um the, the price of a box people people will like for me i would buy a box to try and get the, the chance of buying like getting a masterpiece i mean if if, if i was still buying paper which i'm not um but it, it Get, getting a box full of beasts, like cracking them, like going, oh wow, I've got a, I've got a masterpiece. That that's a cool feeling, right? And that is something that can happen when you're, whenever you're playing, you know, sealed draft. Uh, well, whenever you're playing draft, like you can, you can draft a masterpiece. That's just a cool moment. Like I, I had a sword of fire and ice that I drafted the the, the GP Kaladesh I was talking about. Whereas like, wow, I've, this is this is literally paid for my entire day, and it's a cool story. Like this is this is awesome. I've got a you know, masterpiece sort of fire and ice. That that's so awesome. But then you get the mythic editions where I maybe it's just appealing to a different audience, right? So we have like you've been saying, the, the mythic editions over the last couple of times, they, they've been they've been bad, right? So the, I mean, well, the, the first one they tried to do it on their own website, completely crashed. This time they've gone with eBay, who you would have thought would be able to actually make this work, being you know kind of a big seller but you guess i i guess they can't handle twelve thousand people buying something at the same time um which is weird to me as a software person but more like fifty thousand plus 
Well, okay, good point. Good point. That's what they were shooting. That was that's the number of people that were actually in there trying for this one one thing. Yeah, and I I mean they're they're moving in the right direction. Uh, For for me, they're moving in the right direction. But I think they're they're still trying to gauge the the point at which. So at some point, if you if you print a hundred thousand, there's there's going to be too many in in circulation, and they're not going to be special enough, and they're not going to hold the value. Not going to be worth. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> not, not gonna be this is why we do a check beforehand, guys. Come on. Jason, it's okay. That was me last week. It's, so yeah, that was totally we we gave Johnny so much crap yesterday. <laughs> last time we did this. I forgot about it already. Mr. It, it was my second Dungu. phone. It was my second phone. I totally forgot I had it on me. Oh, that's where the money's tied up. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think twelve thousand two two is too low. I think maybe you know go. They've got, they've at least got a price point now. They've at least got a point at which they can go forty thousand. You know, forty thousand. We have enough customers at forty thousand. Is that going to be too much to dilute the secondary market? Do we even care? We're wizards. We don't really care about the secondary market. So like you know, twenty four, thirty six thousand, something like that. You know, at, at which point you lots of people are happier. I mean, the the, the overwhelming stories coming out of each mythic edition have been how awfully wizards have handled everything like this one has been well we had to refund everybody and then the people that were refunded didn't get their taxes or their you know import taxes back right or or didn't do it immediately you know, they got they got their money refunded but you know i've, I've seen people in the uk saying well where, where's where's the rest of the money right like we, we paid 250 pounds where's or 250 dollars where's 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 the import ta- tax like should, you haven't sent us anything so you know, it, it, it's just that that's the sort of stuff that's the sort of like blanket wide media that Wizards doesn't need for this product. Everyone should be happy about this product, you know, and I I, I think with 36,000 people, you'd be you get a lot more happier people. Yeah. OK, some some people are going to be like, oh, well, I didn't get it. Never mind. You know, a lot of people did. But this I think the handling of this one has been, again, pretty bad. I think next time they'll probably be better right they should be better maybe maybe, maybe. maybe. Coach, coach what's your what's your feelings on this how do you do you after seeing this happen a third time what would do you think it's even worth it what's your what's your hot take on this should i really even answer this because y'all know y'all probably can figure out my answer it's just like humor me it i think it's just they need a they need to up it because i think perfect i mean the way I think about it is three million in five minutes, they made ten thousand dollars per second. They could totally double at least double the supply and they'd probably still come out with more money. I mean, that's holy hell, this is just ridiculous the way that they're, they're operating. It's you know, I could see it from a business standpoint to kind of like limit the market and get the value up. And whenever there's gonna be when there was going to be more demand, I mean, you could even lower the the starting price instead of like two fifty to like four hundred dollars, and they're still going to make more money because they've hyped it up so much. Um, to me, I wouldn't want to spend even the you know two fifty. I mean, if you know what you're getting with all the new art, with all these cards and stuff, I mean, I might if I had the extra cash, I might do it. But for like what people are playing for, like resale price. 
like six, seven, eight hundred dollars. That's just no for for car. I, I know they're cool cards and everything. I know I'm gonna get chastised for this, but I mean, it's cardboard. It's 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 eight hundred dollars worth of cardboard. Like and that and, and like it's just flimsy warping cardboard. I, like I've said before, in like last week's episode, you could get so much stuff for like eight hundred dollars. Like, like I said, last week's episode, like all of our guests, like we could make, we could physically make stuff, like in our homes, with like cheap plastic. We could forge like magic items if we wanted to. So and be, it, it's, be sure to go to our last episode to know what he's talking about. I know it's. But it's like, holy crap. Like, I spent $250 on my 3D machine. And like that was the MSRP for the starting price of this box of cards. And now it's like triple that now when people are trying to resell them on eBay and stuff. And it's just like, man, that's a lot for like like 24 packs of like cards. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Like, like you know, the way I did would buy cards and stuff i was i would either trade old cards in maybe not pay as much i would buy booster boxes every now and then and you know it's like but i would use like store, i would go to my local game store like use store credit and get singles i would like trade everything out and just like or like recycle it i'm just really not that big into like buying massive bulks of just stuff unless it's like every now and then but it's just this this would be out of my league. This would be something I would not go for, to so be honest. Let's let's we'll, we'll keep it with you for a second here. Let's talk about so we're talking. Let's talk MSRP. Do you think after now, now that we have that number, we're seeing how much they made in the short period of time that they made that money. Do you think this is now? Remember, Wizards of the Coast they don't have an official MSRP on their products anymore because yeah. they're supposed to help the local game store. I don't know, but. Do do you think this this uh, this number this imaginary price that they put out on the website for eBay? Do you think this is going to jack up the price for the next Mythic Edition or whatever it is that they do to do the same thing? Do you think yes. this is going to drive that? Yes. What do you yes. like if you if yes. you had to call it? If you had to call a number, yes. what do you think that number is going to be for the next time around? Three twenty five. Three twenty five. You think? Three twenty five. That's already. Or, excuse no. me. Three twenty four ninety nine. Three twenty four ninety nine. Okay, we'll play some prices right. So, Jason, if you do, you, let's go to Don't you now. Bet the dollar. Do not do that <laughs> stupid strategy where you bet the dollar. Do, do you, not do that. Do you, what do you cheating. think? What do you think? Like now that you've seen this this play out three times, what do you do? You think this is going to be jacking up the price that they they are offering the product at the initial offer? Hmm? Uh, oh, talking to audio? Jason, are you? Did, are, yeah. Okay, we had some potato action oh, going. Oh, yeah, so the so oh. just that was to you about. Do you think it's gonna? Do you think this last round is gonna drive the price for the next round? Are yeah, I think margaritas? it will. I, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I totally, appro- <laughs> I totally approve of that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that I, I think that it it, it will drive up uh, just the 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 demand for it is so it was so high. Like you saw, how many people wanted it? I think they're gonna jack it up now a little bit because there is no MSRP, and they'll be able to do it. So yes, I 100% think that it will go up. What do you think that number? What do you think the number might end up being? What was it this time? It was 250, right? Yeah, 250. Uh. 
350. All right. Max, what do you think? Uh, let's go uh, 399.99. Uh, <laughs> uh, what they'll do is they'll they'll throw in a couple of extra cards to to round it up. They'll go, yeah, this is this is definitely worth the extra money. Uh, like two extra box toppers in addition to the mythic yeah. art. In addition to maybe they'll, they'll or, or you know they'll they'll, they'll say um, mythic editions, but we're going to throw in some Japanese art. Like maybe maybe they'll they'll stick Ooh. randomness into the mythic editions. They could just like one in five boxes has a power nine card to really just go back to the when they did the Zendikar. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There oh. you go. That's what. There you go. Yeah, because they've got those lying around. <laughs> <laughs> so now this now we, this comes down to we're looking at these numbers to see how many people want them and and how much was actually produced and what was actually sold. So the the next question is like this is clearly a limited print run. It's clearly designed for a collector's market and you know a finance market. So do you think that they're do you, what do you think they'll do, do and what would you like them to do? That's for versus limited versus printed demand. Do you think they would ever consider doing printed demand? for this particular product. Let's go to you, Max. I don't think so. No, I mean, like, the Mythic Edition is basically what, the the, the, the eight special Planeswalkers mm -hmm. and just a bunch of boosters, right? Mm -hmm. Fundamentally. So, no, I, I don't think they're, they're ever going to do it on demand. They, they, the way they've done this in the past, like the, um, the San Diego Comic-Con cards, they never printed those out, like, generally live you know printed um you know they never they never done mythic edition art um on, on demand so no i don't i don't think they're ever going to do it uh, i think they they're always going to keep it limited they they like i think they like it i think they like the fact that they've got their sort of they've got something that's a from the vaults but kind of better than a from the vaults i mean they're, they're probably making more money out of this than they did from from the vaults that's my that might be my guess actually i'm not sure there's certainly a lot more hype about it right um you know you've got a very very limited product one of the i mean one of the marketing things is like you've got to make your product really limited and you know kind of expensive and then you get situations like this where they sell out in five minutes and get three million dollars right so i i don't think they're going to stray from this model too far um i think they've already got a whole bunch of other stuff that they're printing on demand they've already got a whole whole ton of other other sets if they went back to masterpieces that's that's essentially a similar thing, isn't it? Like they're printing to demand. You know, you've got to. They just print as many boxes as they want with masterpieces all over the place. So I think that's the sort of that they'll they'll they're they're going to keep um, these these planeswalkers special. They're going to keep the mythic edition special. That's that's where I feel. All right, Jason, what's your what's your take? Print to, print they're, to demand or keep it limited? They're never going to print it print to demand uh, because basically the reason that there were so many people that wanted them is because it was a limited print run. Like if they had, if they were print to demand, you wouldn't see nearly as many people go for it. Cause they'll just be like, Oh, well I'll get it. I'll get the singles on the secondary market. Yeah. Cause there's so few of them. People want them more. The demand is low and the supply is high. So they, they can't, if they were to print them print to demand, they wouldn't make as much money. All right, Coach, you feeling the same way on that one? Yes. Okay. We don't need. We don't. We don't need to expand on that. Move on. All right. All right. Moving on. So the the 
here we're here now this last little point here on the mythic debacle i'm just this is now we're going to talk a little conspiracy theory kind of thing so i'm wondering how everyone here feels about the idea that hasbro is running this game plan to drive up the perceived value of wizards of the coast so they can offload it as an asset somewhere in the near future it just the look and feel of the way they've handled these particular editions that's where i i i think maybe it's not unbelievable. Maybe it's not going to happen. But what do you what do you three think about this? Do you think Hasbro is tech definitely grooming Wizards for a sale, or is this just a general corporate money grab, and they're just going to try and and milk this cow till the I don't know till it's dry? Are you going to start with? Oh, yeah, Co Coach, with. let's go with you. Let's start with you, Coach. Oh, I could I could totally see that they could prime it up for like a big sale to like Disney or like, you know, some other large company. I could, I could totally see that happening. Now I could also see the other way where, you know, the, you know, Hasbro, this is magic is it Hasbro's most profitable, like item. It's most, it is the most popular, you know, product set that they have for Hasbro is magic. The gathering. I don't think they want to give up their bread and butter so quickly. So I think, and, and to me, I think Hasbro, you know, magic is their staple. I don't think they want to get rid of it, but if a huge offer comes in, you know, like billions of dollars, because, you know, when Hasbro first bought out, bought magic, the gathering, they bought it for like $300 million back in the nineties. So now that it's 2019, if, they get a big offer in the billions. They could probably sell off magic and Hasbro will walk away with a good, decent chunk of change. So I could see either one happening. I could see one where they're not going to give up their bread and butter because it does make them a lot of money and it keep it's a core staple of that toy industry. But at the same time, if Disney comes in and offers them like $5 billion, Hasbro ain't going to, I don't think they'll pass on that. What do you what do you think, Jason? Do you think this is do you think this is a grooming process for offloading wizards, or do you think this is just going in for cash grab? Uh, I I feel like this is just, this is just a cash grab. I, I I agree with Coach. I don't think that they're going to sell it. Um, if they got the right offer, they would, of, of course, I believe. But with with the addition of Magic Arena, this is pulling in a lot a lot more people to play. Like, yeah, sure, they're playing Arena, but they could venture into playing paper too so this is arena has brought so like just so much attention on the game it's like becoming an esport and everything it magic is at its peak at this moment and it still has room to grow i, I really don't think that hasbro wants to unload it just because like this is with magic is bringing them in bringing them a profit consistently and it, it's just it's their staple i don't think that they're going to sell it okay Max, you feeling about the same? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, now that Coach has said, like, Disney buy it, I really want that to happen. Like, I, 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 I really want that to happen. Like, Disney would just go, you know what? You know, there's this game where they, they basically print, they literally print money. They, they, they print cards that are worth stupid amounts of money. Like, it costs them very, very little in, in um, you know, outgoings. It's, it's literally cardboard. And get a huge amount of money in, and then we get the franchise and then they can make movies and TV series and just do it. Like I want, I want to see these, 
I just like I want to see an animated series in the uh, in the style of the War of the Spark trailer. Just do it. Go on, but Disney buy them out. It's fine. See, see some Magic: The Gathering make a debut in an MCU universe movie. Yeah, MCU, mm. MCU. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm trying to remember. I think I think was it Zuby said he quit Magic if there was an Avengers themed Magic: The Gathering set, or was it something else? I can't remember. Wouldn't that be Gatewatch though? Like, come on. That's why. That's why close. not? What I mean. Come on, like we're 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 doing every we're th they're they're doing everything to get get that sweet sweet money. So yeah, they're gonna do sure. Why not? Why not? Gate right. the gate. It'll be a face off between the Avengers and the Gate Watch. Avengers are gonna beat the living crap out of them. I'm sorry. One hundred percent. I like. I, I really do like this game. The Avengers are gonna just beat the absolute crap out of people. Like, there's no contest. I'm sorry. Like, Thanos will get his crap kicked in by like, no, I know. Excuse me. Thanos is gonna beat the crap out of like every single one of them easily. Excuse me. I was about to say, no, oh, Jace is gonna be no. Like, Thanos is gonna come in and just like <laughs> just bully Jace into the ground with his giant fist, and then everyone's gonna watch and like crap their pants. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it, like like we like everyone else has said, it, it also just like smells of a cash grab. It smells like a fourth quarter. They they need to make money on the books. Is like you know make the accountants happy. Let's just print some money. And it, it's just what businesses do. It's just what businesses do. Yeah. yeah. And and the whole thing for me, like this, I I don't even consider this. A reprint set. I don't even consider this something that I would purchase. And the way seeing the way they operate, just that number we talked about at the beginning, this this segment of this show, the fact that they made that much money in that short period of time, there's no way they're going to break from that model. Because I know I there I have seen some calls for like, you know, you, if you go over and watch what Brian had, what Talarian had as a response, and how they should be more of a printed demand, and there should be more. They're never going to do that. They're never going to print a demand. They're gonna, if they know. That the hype and, and the demand is going to triple what they actually produce, and they can guarantee a five-minute, three, four, five million-dollar infusion of revenue. They're going to keep doing it, and it's not—they're not going to care about the PR because they have an entire twelve-month schedule of other products that have come along, and you know the hyperbole will die down, and they've probably grown numb to it at this point because we react to everything. So it's not like that. It'll be in in another two weeks. Something else will come along. They'll modern have Horizons. another. Yeah, Modern Horizons is on literally on the horizon. So we're we're talking about we're already have the hype season hasn't stopped. It's just this ongoing. It's Hotel California. It's never going to end, and we can't escape it. So there's no way they're going to stop doing this because this is not for the general consumer ever. And as far as like the the whole there's been people getting really mad because certain people just put the, the, you 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 can figure out who I'm talking about I'm not going to talk about it but about who it is but some of the anger and rage around this product got to step away from just just step away from the internet for 5 minutes and take a breath cuz no there is no way <laughs> there's no way this product is that important there's so much more out there. Unless you are in finance, I can get it. If you're mad, like you, you just having the access to it is is challenging. Where, I get where's, it. Where's John when you need him? Because he needs to do the Trump impersonation <laughs> when they're debating Hillary. It's just wrong, wrong. Waiting for John, but John. I, I don't know. I don't know, Coach. I think he just got hired 
for that particular role. That was a pretty good one. You should, yeah, that's no wrong. I watched too yeah. many debates. Oh, good on you. So <laughs> let's, so you see, we were also in this, in this discussion, this will bring us to the next section. And we have the MTG War Japanese edition. We, we heard about this before that there's these new actual alternate arts that, that came out in those sets. And we mentioned like Trapixian put up this survey. People are definitely into the idea of the of these. Um, I'm sorry, the background noise is getting me distracted. Um, there's definitely there's definitely an interest in the invocation type cards. So when I looked at this set from Japan, I was like, well, that's the same thing. Those are like the invocations. Well, why didn't they do that in? Why didn't they do that in all of the sets? So, you know, let's. Who I, I'm a little miffed about that, and I want to hear from you guys. Like, who's kind of peeves the fact that they did this cool alternate art thing for the Japanese set, but they didn't do that for they didn't like put that artwork into any of the other languages for this particular set? Max, what do you think? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's, I mean, they've, they've been doing regional stuff for a while, so obviously, you know, the whole um, specifically Chinese. Um, planeswalkers and like all, all those extra special cards that they the Chinese market got that nobody else in the world is. I mean, they've been doing regional stuff for a while. Um, what do I feel about the, the planeswalkers? I I wish they we, we we had a chance of opening them in English packs. I think that's that's the that's the bottom line. I wish I had it. If I, if I went out to a shop, I wish I had a chance of opening a a, a planeswalker with Japanese art. I know that's not going to happen. Like why? Why would it happen? Um, but but if they've got the technology available, why why just why would we not have that? They've already got the art available. Um, it feels like that would be so cool as instead of like a, a masterpiece replacement. Like you know they 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 have it, it, it's a, just a simple change to the run. They go instead of doing this um, instead of doing uh, you know Liliana with this this art, we're going to do Liliana with this art instead. That's fine. We'll do you know a couple of hundred thousand uh, boosters like that. Stick them into random boxes, and you know each each English booster has got a chance of opening a Japanese planeswalker. That'd be fantastic, right? I would be would I, I'd I'd be happy with that. I don't know if if general people would be happy with that. I'm not sure, but um, it, it it's it's weird. It's weird that I mean I mean in, the English sets are not going to have their own lotto cards um as it comes out like the i just don't think there's any incentive to do that um it, i think it was just uh, for, for me it was weird that they actually just did this in the first place like why why did like, it's cool that they did it like japanese art the, the japanese art planeswalkers are amazing but like why what was driving this i guess is the question like um did the did the like um wizards japanese you know, did wizards japan just go we need something awesome for our players we need some like um we need some reward for being a japanese player you know we want something cool you know here's some art that we've commissioned you know let's let's stick those into boosters like I, how did how did this happen i guess is the question and what i don't even know what a lotto card for the english market even looks like um beyond say like a masterpiece so yeah it, all, all in all i think it's cool but it, again weird like why yeah why did they do it I guess is the question. Jason, what do you think? What is your what's your 
Are, do, do you wish this was had seen printing the like new alternate arts, even the Japanese alternate art would made available in sets with other languages? What do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I really love the art and I, I know it's, it was a lot easier. Um, at my, at my LGS, they, they get Japanese boxes in, but I haven't really, I haven't followed up since, since I moved to see if they still got the, the same amount in or not. But like, I know that those boxes are, are now selling for higher, like on eBay and stuff. It, it would have been nice to be able to get them in a regular box. And I, I agree with, with Max. I, I don't, I don't see the whole purpose of it, but it is really cool. And I would really like to get my hands on some of them because they're just really nice. I really like them, but it would have been really awesome to be able to still get those in any kind of pack that you got. And coach, how about you? Let's, let's like, do you want, this is, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably on the same page with everybody here is like kind of bothered by the fact that this didn't show up in any of the English packs or anything like that. Well, like, I, th I think it would have been cool to have like the option or like, you know, to have like the different art styles, because I don't think everyone's got like the same art commission, but if you have like multiples, you could at least, you know, try to find a way to like, choose between one or the other when you're like buying singles and it'd still be like a, you know, part of a legal set. So, you know, like me personally, I know like, like magic players are like, they're some, a lot of them are not into like the Yu-Gi-Oh! But I, you know, me starting out as a Yu-Gi-Oh! player, you know, and, and even every now and then I get like a little bit of nostalgia and like go through my cards and like some of the art on there, I, I really like the art on there. So, and that's you know Konami making Yu-Gi-Oh, and you know that's kind of the art, almost the art style it's taking on in a way. So, and I really like that art style. But so if I could, if I had the option to choose when I'm buying singles one or the other, I mean, it would be cool to have that option. So, but and I'm kind of upset that they didn't have like didn't have that, but because it, it would be a great concept. Because like you know his, when you look back at some of the sets. One of the first sets that kind of like did this was, you know, the portal sets. And especially when they got to the Portal Three Kingdoms, where it was mostly marketed to like the Asian, like the Asian market. And some of those cards are not as powerful, but as like some of the other sets. But, you know, because of the way it was printed and because it was sent overseas. You know, those are really expensive cards. Like, uh, what was it? Imperial Seal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not as strong. It's not as strong of one drop as some of the other ones, but it's like five times more expensive than like some of the other one drops that do similar things or do better things than that. So they have done, you know, haven't done this before, and people are like missing out on that. So, and you know, I it would be cool to have the option because there's going to be some cards that I would maybe look at if it's the Japanese art that I might prefer over to like the English art or like, you know, other art that's like medieval based. So that's just my opinion. And we know we can, that we know they can do it. I mean, the, the, yeah. the unstable was the, with the set they brought in alternate art for the same card, mm -hmm. right? So like um, amateur auteur or whatever, we had all the, like the different X, the musical cards. And so they, they, they have the technology available at the printing press to say, we, we, we want different art for this particular card. So just being, uh, like, if they'd have just taken the, the Japanese art and 
even just printed it in in English as well as a as a, an option, maybe even like a rare option to say, you know, one in one in fifteen, one in ten cards are going to be the Japanese artwork for this card. That'd be that'd be neat. Like, yeah, they can totally do that. So I think that that's just. I, I don't know why why they've they've chosen to just do it in the Japanese markets and, and it, it again they they announced it kind of weirdly right it was it was sort of a, a kind of a castaway oh yeah by the way if you get a Japanese box we've got all these art, alternate promotional art like it's like I, what <laughs> you know and and then people are like well I, I want to buy a box of this right I I I I want to get these cards and it's like oh you can't like there's we haven't got enough stock and people are. Yeah, you have to report these in advance. I I think I, I saw um, some some uh, news reports that basically said um, some people got advance notice that the Japanese art thing was going to be a thing, and they pre-bought a bunch of boxes, like some of the big vendors. I don't know if that's true. Um, conspiracy, ooh. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's 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 that sort of thing, like. Just, just you don't just do this on a whim. You shouldn't. They shouldn't just be doing this on a whim. It should. That should be a big thing. It's like, you know, buy a Japanese box. Here's how you can do it. You know, we're, we're not going to restrict the the supply of Japanese boxes. This is how you can you can actually have a chance of getting one of these Japanese planeswalkers if you like the art. Like it's and again, it's not. It's like the Mythic Edition. You don't have to go out and buy it, right? It is. It is again. It's a it's a personal preference, and you're not even guaranteed to get all the planeswalker art. You know, you're not even guaranteed to get all the different planeswalkers when you buy a Japanese planeswalker box. It's, a, you know, it's a com complete crapshoot. But, um, you know, just just not, they, they just handle things in a really weird way, Wizards, sometimes. You know, they they they, they should be making more of this. Where, and, where it was just tossed off, basically. To yeah, and this, you know, that I was talking about it. It's just, it gets me wondering, like, why would they... Is, is it possible that the Japanese market is wavering a bit? Do they think maybe that the that product isn't going to move as well as they might have thought, and that's why they're doing this? Or do is it possible that maybe the U.S. market complains about everything so much already? They're like, screw you guys. We're just going to do this over here. I mean, they could possibly be doing that. So, I mean, it, it all depends on what, they, what they're trying to predict and depending on what they've what has happened in the past. So, I mean, it, it could, it could be like, we're not maybe a good market for like Japanese art. I don't know. Or I wonder if they got so much blowback with the, um with the invocations from the Amakent block, because there was a lot of negative feedback when it came to, they had, you know, they had this weird, obscure writing. You could barely, it was really, it put, they blended it into the hieroglyphics. So you had a hard time reading the card and then, the border itself took up so much of the card. It really encroached on the artwork that was really awesome artwork, but you had this little tiny box to actually see the artwork. There was, I wonder if maybe they got so much negative feedback from that set and the way yeah. the images were made. They're like, they dialed it back so much. They just shut the faucet off and then they are quietly testing it out in the Japanese market to see if it's enough of a, like enough incentive that they can get not only demand from the Japanese market, but everywhere else, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, it's tricky for them because they're obviously working, you know, what, 18, for, for these supplemental sets, we're talking maybe a year in advance, something like that. I can't remember the, uh, what the exact uh, thing, I mean, like normal sets, we're talking two or three years in advance. 18 so. to 24 months, I, probably for everything because they've only got so much on their design team. 
So I, I, I vaguely remember them that they said that they could be a little bit more um, reactive on supplemental sets. Maybe maybe that's not um, necessary. Uh, but I, I guess for masterpieces, it's not supplemental sets. We're talking like we're talking full sets, aren't we? So mm. yeah, it's um, yes. Like like you say, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, the, the the invocations were a bit weird, so maybe they are just trying to see if masterpieces are back in favor. Yeah. Jason, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do you think this is a, a test pilot to see if they can work masterpieces back into basic sets in some capacity? Yeah, I I can see that, and like the way that the way that the uh, alternate art um, planeswalkers are, if they're more frequent to get in packs. Right, you know, over the the masterpieces, you won't. The whole box, of course, is an alternate art planeswalkers, but you are guaranteed to get alternate art in in a box if you were to get it. You get a couple uncommons. You might get a rare, possibly a mythic, um, th depending on if you know mythic would be the the rarest to find. But I, it could be a test um, just to see if we can like do something like that again and. I don't know. I, I'd really like to see it. I mean, I'm definitely cool with it. Yeah, I feel the same way too. I think I think this would be a nice way to find a middle ground between the lotto cards that you had with the with the invocations and the expedition type cards, where I, I never in any of the packs, I didn't open that many packs, but I never saw one of those cards. And if it's weaved into the actual regular cards, like the standard playables where you're probably going to see a higher rate of them i think that's a neat incentive to to have people buy packs and have a better chance at actually getting the card so that i i do i would be happy to see that happen if this is a test run okay cool i'd love to see them expand this out to other the other languages because this is really uh, some of the art like there's some really there's a lot of really nice artwork coming out of these sets uh out of these this particular set with the alternate arts um, does anybody have like a favorite art they saw pop up in the in the spoilers? I'm sorry, uh, spoilers, whatever. It's the preview. The, pre the preview. Sorry. Um, for me, it was Sahili. Uh, it's basically like Tamio, Nasa, and Sahili are all amazing. That th 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 those those are the ones I, I would. If I was going to get cards, if I was going to get singles of those, I'd get those. I know everyone's like, "Ooh, Liliana," but no. Um, it's just yeah, th th those three are the, the best ones for me. Jason, you got any favorite art out of the uh, Japanese alternate art planeswalkers? I, I would be one of the, those people. Ooh, Liliana, <laughs> Liliana is my favorite. Uh, I also really like Ashiok too, um, but they're all really great. Uh, but those are those are probably my two favorite. And coach, how about you? What did you got for artwork favorites out of the uh, the new Japanese set? Uh, Liliana, I kind of agree with Jason on this one. That was one that like kind of popped out and like, oh, this is, looks this looks really nice. So the other ones, um, they're okay. Like I'm, but Liliana like stood out. That was probably one of my favorites. I I like somebody pointed this one out. The Nahiri Soren artwork is designed. You know how you get sometimes you get like with the land land art, you'll put three of the lands from a basic set next to each other, and it's like a landscape. This the the Nahiri and Soren artwork. Is actually, if you put them side by side, it's actually them looking at you. If you park them face to face, it's what you would see from their perspective back and forth. Like they're about to go at it. 
Huh. So I thought I thought that was a really cool setup. Um, just seeing how the artist took those two renditions and made it so some of the lithomancer style rock fling that you see in the Nahiri art is yeah. actually you can see the ed edges of it in the Soren art. I thought that was a really cool play on the way they set up that design. Mm. So did anybody get a chance to get their hands on any of this? So where like did, does anybody it sounds like jason you didn't get a get a hold of any of this max you didn't see any out in the uk no well i i nope. didn't even try to be honest like i, I if i was going to buy for something i'd buy from one of the big stores in the uk but no i i i, I would like to at some point perhaps but i'm not going to go out my way to get it put it that way coach any any stops no, to local we're, no. we're losers so yeah do <laughs> we're not special does does anybody want to see the packs? Ooh, yes, please. Ooh, go for it. Yeah. So my local had, my local got <laughs> easy guys, easy. <laughs> so the, my local game store got six boxes in and they were moving pretty well. And I decided to pick up a few just to I don't do this often. I don't get yeah. I'm I if I can't read the card, it doesn't help me. But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna open these up and see if these are two packs, loose packs. There's no I don't know if it was mapped. Whatever. We're gonna see what shows up in these packs. And here I'll we'll show it this way. All right, zombie token. Oh, planes. I don't know what these cards are. Oh, this is the yeah. That's the so, rare, isn't it? That is the rare. You're going. You're going, going backwards. backwards. They do this backwards. Oh man. Oh. oh <laughs> so yeah, the rare is the angel shooting the light thing, and and then Vraska is the planeswalker. Okay. Well, that was at least that was the dud pack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's try the next one, and this time I'm gonna get this squared away. So now, now we know. Now we know. Which now one we know. I I thought the rare was at the back of the pack. Why would they? I, they, I, I remember them doing that. They used to do everything though. backwards, just like when they read their comic books. It's right. It's right to left. <laughs> okay. What? Come on. It can't be. Is it really that one? Okay. Yes. So if it was, what was it? It was token. It was land. Then the rare. Then the uncommons. And hopefully I got this right. So let's try this again. All right. So round two, here we go. round two, we've got whatever. What is this? A human? It's the assassin the token for... Um, oh, right. So Vraska, right? Okay. So this was parked right next to a Vraska pack. So that works. And then... All right. There we go. Commons. Yeah. Let's go through this nice and... I don't know. I don't recognize any of these... <laughs> oh, there, there's. I know this is Starcon and his, his his fists of rage. All right, Starcon rage. Okay, something that does trampoly things. Kaya getting all stabby stabby. That wolf thing. Uh, Johnny's pride mate because reasons. Yeah. Is that the rare? No, uh, that's the. Oh yeah, rubble something and. Ooh, Jiang Yu. Jiang Yu, yeah. Uncom oh, he's the uncommon. Wait, wait for it. Ah, uh, oh, this, is this is Elder Spell. I know that because somebody asked me at EDH if I had an Elder Spell in deck. Like, nope. Well, now I know I have an Elder Spell. Yay. All right. So there. Uh, out of two packs, I'm 0 for 0 on alternate art. Oh, well. 
We tried to have something fun to see, and that's is Jang Yu and his little pooch. Mawu. The little yeah, the thing. yeah he, that that dog gets ripped because oh my god. Alright, so there's that. Alright, so did um uh, I guess what are we what else is going on? <laughs> All right. So any other thoughts on whoa, hang on. Airplane coming through. And is then, it closing in on us. And then the That's matrix. The that was a that was an airplane from the matrix. And we're good. Okay. So any other thoughts on stuff that we were talking about? Anything that we missed? Uh, Max, what do you think? Anything that you really want to kind of drive home? I, not really. I mean, the, one of the things I, I did want to bring up was, um, yeah, it was in general the the, the handling of like UK pre-releases. Um, the whole the whole Magic Fest London thing was great, um, but for me it's it's the same it was kind of like the same vibe as we used to have for um regional pre-releases um so I, I don't know if anyone remembers these they were back in the day um i actually tried to look at what date it was i think it was like mirrored and besieged this is when it changed so we're talking like a good eight years ago so maybe i'm just old and living in the past at this point um but essentially what happened was in the uk um we had um a a, a a game store, the the games club, that they would re basically rent out a hotel in London, and you'd have um, a pre-release for thousands of people, like two to three thousand people. You'd have flights of one hundred and twenty people. Um, you know, events going on literally all day, and everyone would descend on London um, from the surrounding areas, like you know, all the way up the country, just just coming to London for this this one pre-release, and it was great. You know, it, it was it was so awesome to see because everyone was like really invested. It, it was basically the same vibe as you had for a Magic Fest, and then um, Wizards brought down the whole decrees from above, saying you know you have to um, you have to have like uh, it has to be attached to a game store. It has to be all like this local game store stuff going on. Um, they, they they brought in a whole bunch of rules that basically meant that you couldn't actually do this kind of thing anymore. Um, and <sighs> It, it's it. I think it works in general for a lot of the American stores because, um, in like in, in general, the American stores you can have a huge store and then space in the back for people to sit and play games. But in in like London, for example, um, having space is kind of a premium. Um, you know, if you want a store where you have a space set aside that you can always play games, then that's going to cost you a huge amount of money to actually have that, or, or you're going to be in a completely random place. Like um, in, in London, there's there's basically one place that you go for um, pre-release, maybe like two now. Um, so like Dark Sphere Games was one of them. Like uh, maybe Magic House, uh, Magic Madhouse as well is now one of them. But um, yeah, we, we're basically talking. You have to go to a completely random part of London and. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not a nice, not not it wasn't a particularly nice part of London at the time, and that that's what they they did. You you couldn't you couldn't just go to like they couldn't just rent a hall out. And it, for me, it was just weird that um, the wizards at the time were just making these decrees coming down from above, going, we need to have uh, local stores being the 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 forefront of everything, which is. 
it is a nice thing to have. It really is a nice thing to have, but it, it's at the expense of these these huge events that um, you know that we could have. Like I, I was really happy with with the regional pre-releases. I would like to see more of them, but I know they can't come back because um, wizards don't really change their mind on these sorts of things. Um, so I, I guess coming back to like the beginning of the the, the show, it's like the, the whole magic fest is a way to sort of recapture that that lost feeling of having lots and lots of like thousands of people descending on London for a, for an event that you want to want to have. So yeah, it's um, I'm a little bit sad that we don't have that more often. I guess um so yeah and jason how about you any any other points that you'd like to come back to or or anything that you think we should have covered i don't think so i think we covered everything pretty pretty well um i really haven't been like keeping keeping track with a lot of newsy things just the stuff that we covered tonight so i, I don't really have anything to add other than you know what i've already talked about in our points so i'm good all right. Well then, so I think that's that's a good that's a good set. Of, yeah, that's a good time. I'm gonna talking, talking, and talking. All right. So it's all ranting, sir. Ranting it, and rambling. So before before the rest of the wheels fall off, we're gonna go ahead and round things out. Um, I want to thank everyone who I want to thank Max and Jason for joining us, um, and Coach, of course, as always. We're gonna go back around and who you are, you know reminder of where people can find you and all that good stuff. Max, tell us about where people can find you again, one more time. Uh, you can find me on the internet uh, at Jungle Fiverr pretty much everywhere, apart from like Instagram, but who cares about Instagram? Um, Jungle Fiverr everywhere, um, Twitch, uh, Twitter, YouTube, all those good places. All the medias, Jungle Fiverr. And Jason, where are we finding you? You can find me on Undying MTG on YouTube at T2TKS on Twitter and at T2TKS underscore on Instagram now. Ooh, Sweet. Man. All right. Coach, tell us about where we can find you. You can find me on my YouTube channel called The Car Bazaar. You could also find me on tw uh, Twitter by going to Coach at The Car Bazaar CC. You could also find me on Thingiverse if you go to uh, Thingiverse.com and search up The Car Bazaar for all your 3D printing needs for D&D. And uh, yes, we're also on Anchor FM. If you look up the Carbazar, the Thran unofficial audiobook is in audio form, although the YouTube videos are a little bit more popular. Don't know why, but y'all can find me over there. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Slivers. You can find me at cardsphere.com blogging in their EDH column uh, as Johnny Slivers. You can also find me here at Tin Street Hooligans on the They Said We Said channel. And uh, I'm on Instagram as Johnny Slivers, but I haven't been there lately. So, you know, the pictures are old. It's fine. Whatever. In any case... I want to say thank you again. Thanks to our sponsor again, Cardsphere.com, for all your paper, cardboard, magic gathering needs. And uh, again, to our guest host, thank you for joining us for a great conversation. And until next time, have a great day, and we'll see you around the multiverse interwebs. Later. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>